Welcome back, everybody. Season two still feels great, and we're here with another episode for you. We sure are, and this one might be a little bit um, mature, so if you're having any any of you young kids out there listening, um, if you care about animal attacks and all that kind of stuff, um, maybe turn off the mic. Yeah, we might. We One might say it's uh, Adult Swim today. Uh, <laughs> Maybe, maybe leave your kids with a babysitter, I don't know, or another room or something, because these attacks can be a little grisly. Oh, nice pun there. <laughs> Get it? Yeah. <laughs> but seriously, they are very deadly and some occasionally tragic. But uh, they're very interesting to talk about, so we thought we'd give them a go. Yes, so we hope you guys enjoy today's episode, and let's dive right in. See, today's episode is interesting for me because it's an example of when the wild planet attacks. Like, I love animals, and I think we grow up with ideas about tigers and chimps, and sometimes we watch a chimp skateboard on TV, and it's awesome, but <laughs> Or a really, squirrel go water skiing. Yeah, but these creatures can be deadly, and, and sometimes nature can turn on us in, in, in horrifying ways, as we'll find out today. Exactly. That's why... PSA, do not have wild animals as pets, as fun as it may look on Tiger King or mm -hmm. Netflix or mm -hmm. cartoons. Um, but yeah, these animals, they are wild. So you always got to be ready for them to resort back to their nature. Yeah. And we're always, as we said, a pro-conservation podcast. And we're officially an anti-exotic uh, animal pet ownership podcast as of today. Uh, because we... I think we both scared ourselves while reading these articles online and just seeing what, what a chimp can do to the human face. It's, it's yes, pretty horrifying. I will not be owning any wild animals myself. And, and, and that's the thing about chimps. Have you ever seen them when they're shaved? Like a shaved chimpanzee? Oh, yes. They're just like all muscle. You know, like they are, <laughs> they are built. I think like they have the, the grip strength of like that's seven times that of a human being. So that thing grabs really? you. It's not letting go. Yeah, no, there's there's some crazy stuff in the animal kingdom, like like hyena, like hyena jaws, that, how they, how, like one of the great best, one of the greatest bite forces in the human in the animal kingdom can crush human bones. Like you don't want to mess with these things. And and I'm so used to like, did you ever watch the movie with the uh, chimpanzee on the snowboard? No, what was that one? I don't know. It was called Snow Monkey or <laughs> Free Johnny. I don't, I don't remember. It was on like I think it was on Disney Channel or uh. something, but. Like people who work with chimpanzees, they're putting their lives on the line and tigers and all these, like, I don't know how they must not allow live animals in, in recordings anymore. Yeah. Like, I'm think, really... I like, do you think they're just like CGI now or filmed in different locations? So, so as to not be, I feel it's probably a little bit of both. Cause I definitely, yeah, definitely live animals have gone down besides like, obviously like horses or something like that that are a little bit more domesticated but using like wild live animals even like from a zoo i feel like use of that has gone down at least in the u.s obviously some places will still have that you can still go wrestle a bear in russia probably if you, <laughs> yeah, if they you care don't to. care <laughs> we were watching uh top dog which is a uh, it's bare knuckle boxing in russia and oh they there's a they would just punch the living <laughs> whatever out of them it's like and it looks like it hurts so much because it's just bare knuckle like boxing sucks enough yeah. but i'm sure they i'm sure they've got bear wrestling and stuff oh yeah 
I mean, you saw Jackie Moon wrestle the bear at halftime. <laughs> I, Jackie Moon, who wrestled a bear. And then it breaks through. It's like, you small children, I see it. Run for your lives. There's a bear loose There's in the Coliseum. Bear. There's a bear loose in the Coliseum. Yeah, I am. Um, Speaking of Coliseum, imagine being a gladiator and having to fight like three tigers. Oh, yeah, the, that's probably. In the arena. I feel like those ones always ended with the tigers out on top. Yeah, that um, that was probably the start of animal attacks. Was <laughs> <laughs> was yeah, the bear wrestling and lion wrestling. Tons of people died. They actually um, that's the reason there used to be a species of bear in Africa called the Atlas bear, and people think it went extinct because of Roman exportation of wild animals to Italy. Oh, so, there was actually and there was a there was a there was a pharaoh that was pulled off a boat and killed by a hippo while, while hippo hunting. So <laughs> yeah, it goes back into the annals of history. Hippos are one of the most dangerous animals in Africa. Oh yeah, they're called devil pigs in Swahili. <laughs> like they they and they they can run fast on land. They are they are scary. Yeah. They're they're con- they're consistently in top five deadliest animals in Africa. And I and I was thinking about it earlier today and I was like, you know what the probably the most dangerous animal to film with was? What? Hercules in sandbox. The oh. dog. <laughs> like how big it looks in the like the kids' flashbacks. Yeah. Like that. They they must have put that. Those are some brave young men <laughs> putting their lives on the line to film. He was probably one of the greatest baseball movies of all time. Yeah. He was a good dog though, Hercules. Yeah, he was good in the end, and Darth Vader owned him, and that was kind of cool. Yeah. But that's probably a good segue to get into our first one. TJ, I think I think you had a very uh, interesting Yes. So I actually have kind of a tie to this. So my first one is going to be a tiger attack. But I recently went to the Columbus Zoo and Aquarium this last weekend. Right. It's so great. Amazing place. And while I was taking a video of the tiger there, the Amur tiger, um, he was just sitting there against the glass. And he turns and he's laying there. He takes one look at me up and down and just attacks the glass. Really? Like, so I'm going to show Andrew this video right now so he can get a reaction. But it was everybody that was sitting there watching all jumped backwards because it was just so out of the blue. Oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> like if that whatever two-inch piece of glass wasn't there, I would be tiger food. That's funny because the way it jumped, it looked like just like how a regular cat would like jump and claw, <laughs> but it's a massive like – yeah, it's like Thou- over thousand pound killing machine. Yeah, it's absolutely insane. My uh, brother, my brother's at the Columbus Zoo, and and he he locked eyes with the the silverback, and it ran and like pounded on the glass oh. in front of him. So he cried during Tarzan. Oh my <laughs> he had goodness. to leave the theater. So that's hilarious. But yeah, so my first story is of the Chumpawat tiger, um, in India. Isn't that isn't that a band? Chumpawamba. Tub thumping. By Chumbawamba. I get knocked down when I get up again. Well, this tiger would knock people down and not let them get back up again. (laughs) So back in the early early 1900s, this Chumbawat tiger has had a history of basically being a serial killing animal. Oh, okay. So it it, would seek people out and hunt them? Yes. Like local villagers, anybody wandering in the woods. Sometimes it would travel. It changed its hunting patterns, so it would travel sometimes up to 20 miles a day just to kill somebody and then oh, get away good, with it. Good. And not even, like, eat them, just to kill them. So they wouldn't even eat them? Yeah. Oh, man. So, and apparently this... Um, an tiger. This tigress had 
a body count of around estimated around 436 people um but Goodness. potentially higher 486 yes 436 but this tiger just i can't imagine being walking through the woods or the obviously the jungle of Champawat and constantly fearing for your life Jeez. that this yeah. tiger is going to eat you or even like you're working you're in the village and boom just out of nowhere your best buddy gets mauled by this tiger and then yeah. it's gone you can't even catch it you just got home from work you don't you don't want to have to deal with this yeah you're like oh well there goes jimmy <laughs> it's good knowing him but yeah then eventually in 1907 this tiger um it was being hunted by this guy jim corbett and he found the tiger took aim and then he had to shoot the tiger three times and on the last shot the tiger was running towards him and he ended up shooting her in the foot so that she then she finally collapsed and stopped only 20 feet away from him wow and he there's some uh some stuff he wrote down like in his journal from then it says when he was out hunting the tiger he felt that just as much he was being hunted himself oh that's <laughs> so cool it's like in uh jurassic park with the yeah. velociraptors <laughs> clever girl <laughs> yeah that's uh, something i noticed too is at the end of all these stories there's always this hunter who kind of has a badass name who will like go toe-to-toe with the animal and it's just like some sweet showdown of like hunter versus hunter. Like, yes. So that, that's sick story. There's actually, um, this happened, I think it was, it was early 2010s in Bangladesh there. So in Bangladesh, they have some of the highest incidences of fatal tiger attacks annually. Really? Um, but what UNICEF figured out is, um, so tigers are ambush predators. So they'll only attack you if you're turned around. So what they did is they gave they went to a bunch of Bangladeshi villages and gave these masks to wear on the back of your head so it looks like you're always looking at the tiger. Oh. And tiger attacks actually dropped to zero. Really? Yeah, so it was just it was really amazing. So I guess since tigers are ambush predators, they would be more cautious if they thought somebody was looking. Yeah, at exactly. Them. So their 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 whole hunting style is predicated on prey turning away and jumping out at yeah. them. That's so. why I guess even like when you go to the zoo and like there's like a little kid that's like watching the lion or something, it'll just look at the little kid. As soon as the little kid turns around to like say something to their parents, boom, it attacks like, yeah. the glass. It'll like creep up and jack the glass. They're, they're so scary. Yeah. Mountain cats, giant, big cats. Big cats are probably one of the most powerful things out there. Now, I've, I've got another story that's going to blow your mind. So I'm going to take you back to Japan, 1915. Oh, right after the Meiji Restoration, a lot has changed in Japan, and we're going to the north. Um, and there was this, this, there's this basically homicidal bear that rampaged through a village and killed lots of people. So um, earlier that year, is around November, they they sort of discovered that uh, they're called uh, bears in um, northern Japan are called usuri brown bears. And there was this one bear that they sort of noted. There's this one bear that they sort of noticed was friendly around human beings. But they didn't expect anything to happen. Um, and then a few months later, this 800-pound uh, Usuri brown bear went on a bloody rampage in the tiny village of, it's called Rukin Nasawa, and killed seven people. Jeez. And, and the crazy way is, so um, the, the, first, the first attack, it was in December, uh, the bear broke into someone's home, killed the baby, and then killed the mom 
while it was fighting back. So that was the first attack. Oh my goodness. And then over the next five days, uh, the bear maul, the bear continued to maul people and break into homes. And, and then it was, and it was successful on two more occasions. So this bear was just breaking into people's houses and killing them, like on a what? bloody rampage. What is the deal with these animals, like having a vendetta out against? <laughs> I don't people? know. Um, I mean, we do take away their forests and their environment, so. But it just tore through this village in Japan. So they hired again, really BA <laughs> hunter. His name is Yamamoto Haikichi. Arrived, and he, apparently he's a bear expert, and he got a team of local hunters um, and set up an ambush and used the body of one of the victims as bait oh my to God. lure the bear in. <laughs> a... um, and apparently they only wounded the bear the first time, so oh, it got so away. So got even more pissed off. Um, and then the next day they uh, tracked it down and killed it for good. But when they opened the stomach, they found the body parts of a lot of different victims still. Oh, my goodness. So there were seven deaths in total, and it just went on this rampage. And um, a lot of people moved away in the wake of the rampage because it was just so scary and deadly. And yeah, I would basically, hate... yeah, it got some like rage disease. <laughs> yeah, I would hate to be like sleeping in my bed at night or just laying there and being like, well, is today the day the bear breaks into my house? <laughs> yeah. And there's, um, yeah, I don't... and bear maulings are brutal. Like, uh, yes. like um, in that, The Revenant with yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio, like it's like turn him around, which is a real story. And then Hugh Glass, the frontiersman, had to travel 250 miles back. I think it was like Champlain, Illinois. Yeah. After the bear attack through like uncharted, like uncharted U.S. territory. Yeah. So just a legend of the frontier. But <laughs> there's a lot of yeah, really grisly bear attacks. Bears pulling people out of tents and mauling them, mm-hmm. like stuff like that. I've seen some. I actually just saw a video the other day where there was somebody that was skiing in. I think it was Wyoming, maybe, and they were skiing down the hill. Actually, no, it wasn't. It was Russia. I've been watching a lot of skiing videos lately, preparing for those my trip. Russian bears are different. <laughs> but there's somebody was skiing down a hill, and behind him is this huge brown bear just galloping down the hill, chasing him. <laughs> and he's got to he's got to ski carefully so he doesn't fall, but he's also got to get away fast because this bear is coming. That's a that's like a Crash Bandicoot level where like like those <laughs> like run levels where yeah, yeah you have to like avoid the rocks and. <laughs> Because if you get hit, if you get hit or knocked over too many times, the bear will catch up to you. Yeah, like if this guy would have fallen one time, that bear would have been on top of him, absolutely dead. And somebody was just taking a video of it from this chairlift. <laughs> they were like, they were like, "Whoa, look at that!" <laughs> yeah, bears are freaky. Brown bears, actually, there's never been a recorded black bear death in U.S. history. Really? But, um, yeah, there's been a lot of grizzly bear attacks. I remember when I was hiking, when I was backpacking in New Mexico, we had to put all of our smellables in a bag. So as to prevent any bears from smelling it and coming into camp. Um, and a lot of times if you get near their young, it's game over. Oh, like yeah. that's what happened to Hugh Glass is he came across two uh, bear cubs and mm-hmm. got mauled by the mother. Yeah. So, they're very, very protective. Hey, I mean, if uh, there was one of the founding fathers actually wanted to make the, the black, the brown bear, uh, the symbol of America. That would have been, been pretty cool. sweet. Uh, but I think kind of Russia copied it. So, uh, yeah, it's better than the bald Eagle. Those things. Fun fact, I learned this in my Ohio birds class. This The bald eagle cry you hear on TV is not the bald eagle cry. That's actually the red-tailed hawk. The bald eagle cry actually has a really lame call in real life. I actually, I enjoy the sound of the bald eagle when I'm up like in Minnesota canoeing or something or like out on the lake and you're going around and then you look up, you see a giant bald eagle nest and obviously it's not like the 
screech that you hear on TV. But mm-hmm. I feel like to me, it just it sounds like the outdoors. Yeah. And I just associate bears with the outdoors in, a, in like a yeah. positive way. And then I read these attacks. And, I'm like, and then oh, like, oh, stay away. It's day to distance. Yeah. I remember having a debate with um, our good friend Blake Dodson, I think freshman year, talking about how I would like, not maybe not like to, but I think that under certain parameters, I would be comfortable fighting a bear. <laughs> and I think that I could maybe do it. But it would have to be a not obviously a seven hundred pound bear. Like yeah. it'd have to be like maybe like like a three four hundred pounds, and I would have to have a big knife with me. Because I was thinking about like <laughs> like eight hundred pound Bruin shipped from Alaska, like from yeah. salmon rivers of Alaska. Like <laughs> yeah. let's go. Like, like that would be maybe a bra- maybe a black bear. Yeah, but still, they're just all they're just huge piles of muscle. Yeah, they're and they're like. They're also based I, – I like to equate bears kind of like – they're kind of like pigs. Like they'll eat whatever. And that's why a lot of – when you go bear hunting, you put like this big pit. I don't know if you've ever seen I've never this. been bear hunting, no. <laughs> but um, we would you dig this big pit and you put um, logs around it so it has like only one access point. Uh-huh. Um, and then you just fill it with whatever, candy, um, <laughs> popcorn. We would, we would mix up big stuff. It was – old popcorn from the local movie theater in this giant bag um oats a bunch of old like gummy worms and stuff and then a bunch of molasses and we'd all <laughs> we'd mix it all up and then go dump it in Ew. this bear pit and then you cover that with more logs because the bear wants to go in there and like move shit around uh-huh. um and then obviously you just like you sit there and wait for that to come happen and then you shoot the bear wow. but you have but bear hunting is it's like a heavy lottery that you have to get into they only give away so many okay. depending on where you're at so have but you ever plugged a bear i have not but we've had some um people come hunt at our property that have oh cool man yeah that's uh yeah bears are just so american <laughs> yes another thing that drawn I, in by popcorn and molasses <laughs> yeah woo. another thing that i think is pretty american and one of my favorite animals is the moose and that is where my next uh, animal attack story is going. Uh, this one is in Salt Lake City. And these three guys, they're actually they are older guys. This is in 2004. But they were 65, 72, and 73 years old. They were out snowshoeing um, in Salt Lake City. And they're just hiking. And then this big bull moose comes up, looks at them. And they just stop and stare at it because they don't want to move and provoke it. Because mm-hmm. moose are huge, like 800 pounds. Yeah, they're the was. largest deer in the world. Yeah. And it's crazy. I love seeing them at like the zoo. When I went to Alaska, I saw a bunch of them. Yeah, and they're I magnificent. Had a great time. But this one stares at them. And they say, here's a quote. <clears throat> it says, it stopped and stared at us for what seemed like hours, but it was probably five or six minutes. So you're just standing there, no, not heart racing, heart like, racing, not like, knowing what's going to happen. Massive creature. And then, so what they do is they slowly go into like some brush to like for cover, so like get out of the moose's sight. And they're like, okay, they think and they're safe. And then, boom, the moose jumps through the brush, lands on top of one of the guys, and then just starts stomping him. <laughs> and just like, un- like completely unprovoked, just like what? he's like basically get out of my house. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> and, not in my house. <laughs> and then his two friends. 
like they listen to him scream and then the moose stops and then his buddies are looking at him and he's not moving and they're like oh shit he's dead like uh-huh just got stomped to death um but then he was conscious and so then they lifted him into a tree they all climbed the tree and then the moose was still sitting there and so then what they do is they call 911 the officer is coming up and he's obviously he knows there's a moose there the moose turns, attacks the officer, and <laughs> luckily he he shot the moose with a tranquilizer gun. So then it just like went down, but that would just be completely scary. Yeah, just like some some disease from hell getting into like in, get some rage disease getting into these animals <laughs> and just like like yeah. freak out like a moose. Yeah, it's I love watching videos of like somebody like they're behind a tree and they they see a moose like walking through it's like a thousand pound moose is like walking slowly down the trail but you know that at any second that thing would just bust just, you yeah just just flip on the murder mode yeah or whatever that was yeah i uh i guess i guess we'll uh wrap up the land attacks and maybe move on to aquatic ones oh, for the second those half ones are always um those are way scarier in my yeah. opinion but so uh, yeah so i i'm gonna address the elephant in the room not not actually elephant. That would have been a oh. good one to research. We didn't really look at any elephant yeah. attacks, but uh, the chimpanzee, mm. <laughs> like yes. we said earlier, like that was the first thing that I think that's the first thing that comes to a lot of people's minds is chimpanzee. Like we started talking about it right away. Um, there's a lot of attacks that I could get into, but there was one that happened in March 3rd, 2005. Uh, so there was this couple, the guy's, na- the f- guy's name was St. James. Um, and the other woman's name was LaDonna Davis. Um, and they actually owned this uh, chimpanzee named Mo. And they raised him for a while, and he's part of their family. They, did, they didn't have any kids. They just raised this chimpanzee, dressed him up in son. funny clothes, like <laughs> Disney Channel style. Um, did they teach him how to snowboard, too? I, I don't know. I didn't read that far, but <laughs> it wasn't far-fetched from the story I was reading. Uh, so they, were, they, grew, they raised him in Los Angeles. Um, and actually, in 1999, uh, they had a visitor over, and... Mo bit a chunk of the woman's finger off. Oh my goodness! So just like bit a large part of the finger finger off. Uh, mm-hmm. So they had to send him to an apes a home for apes, and it, I think it was some it was some part of California. Um, Not like a, a zoo, like it was like a special. No, one. yeah, it was like a special center. Um, and so six years later, the couple the couple visited Mo regularly and at this enclosure, mm-hmm. um, and they brought a birthday cake for him for his birthday. Um, and while they were inside, this couple. Uh, two male chimps and two female chimps broke free and escaped their steel cages. Um, what? And both attacked the Davises, the, the couple. Uh, so did Mo? Did Mo try to protect them? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't like the article I was reading didn't say if Mo was one of the attacking animals. I, I hope not. Like yeah, because if they were bringing him a birthday cake, I mean, I think it was more like Dave Franco, Planet of the Apes, where like, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, where they attack Malfoy and break out. Um, but what happened is, uh, so LaDonna lost her thumb, which sucks, but yeah. what happened to St. James was way grislier. So he lost all his fingers from his left hand. Oh, my goodness. He got an eye ripped out. He got part of his nose ripped off. He got his cheek ripped off, his lips, uh, part of his buttocks, mm. um, and also part of his genitals. Jeez. Uh, so he was actually, he was maimed and it was hard. He was like difficult to recognize. Uh, yeah. So the Kent County Sheriff showed up. Um, uh, so it wasn't actually Mo. 
but he shot Buddy and Buddy and Ollie, who were two of the escaped chimpanzees, and they recaptured the other two. Uh, they were found a few miles away from the sanctuary. Oh man, um, this is Planet of the Apes. Yeah, just a grisly version of it. But yeah, chimps can be nasty. Yeah. I, I read another article about. There's actually been a series of chimp attacks in Uganda in different villages since 2015. Really? Uh, there's one chimp. So there were four kids playing in a garden. Um, the mom came out. And she watches as one of the chimps takes the hand of, of another one of her kids and runs off with the kid. Oh. Um, and la- and further away, uh, the, the chimp actually ripped the arm out of its socket. Um, oh, probably because it was just so strong. Yeah, just... so strong. Ripped the, and then actually ripped open the kid's stomach. Oh. And like the kid went to the hospital and unfortunately passed away. But people have actually been building bamboo fences in uh, villages in Uganda because chimps are nasty. They go to war with each other. They'll, they'll kill children. They'll kill human children. Yeah. Um, I've heard a lot tribes about go to war with each other, the, like different tribes of chimps going to war. And while they are primarily vegetarian, they are omnivorous. So they will eat like meat and things. And I've heard of some, like when they kill like another chimp, if they, some of them can like get not addicted, but they start liking the taste of like flesh. Uh-huh. So then they'll basically become just like cannibalistic chimpanzees. Yeah, jeez. Oh, and 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 what you actually find is a lot with a lot of these uh, man-eating land predators. What will happen is most of the time they'll be injured, so they can't go after their normal play like antelope or fast-moving stuff, and they'll go after after humans. Yeah, and especially because um, humans, they'll sit there and like they'll feed them, and they'll be like, "Oh, look at this cute bear!" Like I'm gonna <laughs> feed it, and then just like. <laughs> But that's the problem with people feeding these wild animals. Yeah, you want to bring them in closer so you can like look at them more. But you're doing a lot of damage to them as well as um, yourself. Yeah, because, totally. And other people putting them in danger. Like if you offer like an, a wild animal food, if the next person that it runs into doesn't give it food, well, then it's going to want to attack that person. Yeah. Um yeah, it's it's definitely a dangerous precedent. And then that then like there's a one honorable mention I wanted to mention. Uh, so lions, you're talking about injured animals and sort of like living in close proximity to humans. There's this pair of uh, lions called the Savo man eaters, and they actually hunted construction workers during the building of the Kenyan Ugandan railway uh, in 1898. So exactly 100 years before my birth year, which Whoa. is funny. <laughs> um, but they would actually uh, they would drag men out of tents at night and kill them and this was this went on from march to december of 1898 and, and it got so bad um that attacks were starting to happen daily um wow and it's estimated that uh possible 135 men were killed and these That's... were two uh injured lions it was, oh. and it was the same pair that was hunting these <clears throat> so they couldn't go after antelope gazelle yeah. and stuff. so then they had to obviously go over slower moving easier prey yes so yeah it's 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 really scary we're gonna go in and we're I, I think this is probably a good transition to go into our break but we're gonna talk about some aquatic animal attacks which are far more terrifying yeah very frightening because you're uh, out in the middle of the ocean or wherever you are and you're completely out of your element and they are 100 in there yep and <laughs> it makes jaws look like <laughs> looks like the funny pictures Uh, So with that, I think we're going to go into our break, but stick around. Welcome to the mid-show break. We are here with a new segment we're excited about. You might be able to hear the music. We're doing Andrew and TJ Play. And what's the game today? So today we are playing Madden. And we will be selecting selecting our teams 
and then joining back in again once we are partway through the game and just seeing how bad we are at video games. Yeah, let's just see how it goes. We're gonna we're picking our teams now. We're doing the suicide. So. Yep. So my teams I can choose between are the New York Jets, baby. Yikes. <laughs> Two and the whatever. Houston Texans or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Hmm. Trouble in the front office in Trouble. Uh, Houston right now. <laughs> yeah. Deshaun Watson. He wants to trade. All right, Andrew, all right, all right. My options are the Ravens, the Bears, ooh, and the Vikings. Hey, school Vikings. <laughs> I'm gonna what? go. I'm gonna go fourth, fourth and final suicide you risk. Suicide? Yeah. You don't want to play with the Vikings? No. I, I, the Minnesota Miracle let me down. All those <laughs> when I watched that all those years ago with you. Is all right, this... here's my team. It's gonna be the Steelers. Oh, Is this? Oh! <laughs> That's the highest one so far. Now, in this Madden 20, is this Tampa Brady right here or no? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Tampa. Huh. It doesn't list the quarterbacks. I guess we'll have to see. Well, do I take it or do I go suicide? You got to go suicide. That's more hey, interesting. got to go suicide with the Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> wow. All right. AFC, NFC matchup here. This is the Super Bowl. All right. Absolutely. Let's get it going. We'll uh, check back in in a few minutes. How could what you do that to me? What a big interception. Joe Hayden, I have his jersey. On the first play of the game. On the first play of the game, TJ God, just man. threw an interception. Russell Wilson, get real. <laughs> Whoa, I'm feeling good. My guy, my receiver ran out of bounds. All right, you know, I, I don't I don't have to hide it. You know I'm running four verticals. That's the only unstoppable play in Madden. It's the perfect play in football, arguably. <laughs> Oh, I'm feeling good about this one. Oh, man. Come on. Right, we're doing the... Man, great kickoff. We're off to a... Seems like a good start here. Yeah. Uh, come right, on, Roethlisberger. Prove that you belong in Pittsburgh. Big pass! Oh, come on! Oh, oh that knock was... Knockdown, knockdown. Wow, go. what was that? A 60-yard pass attempt? 60-yard <laughs> 60-yard bomb out. Yeah, I don't play a lot of these video games, so we're seeing it rides. I haven't seen the fullback dive yet. Arguably the next <laughs> next, best, next play. best play in football. Hey, run the ball, run the ball. No joking. I, I, I spiked it. All right, here's another bomb. Come on! <laughs> I uh, accidentally spiked on fourth the last time I played, so it's a Rutgers move. Ruck I've got you locked down in man coverage right now okay oh come on oh, four verticals you are a lifesaver we gotta fly down the field here come on man come on oh perfect route no interception what oh no man Roethlisberger what are you doing this is the biggest travesty Heinz Field has ever seen. <laughs> I hate that I'm the Steelers. Good, good Lord. We have seen no scores yet. No scores yet, just interceptions. Well, guys, this was us. Uh, TJ and Andrew play Madden. I am not. <laughs> we first throw two three, picks. Yeah, <laughs> two, the first five plays were two picks. That was some tight coverage right there. Boom. Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. Four verticals let me down. I, uh, I might have to pull out a fake spike or a fake field goal or one of these gadget plays. But, guys, thank you for listening. 
Uh, we got a few more aquatic animal attacks to talk about. Um, and yeah, enjoy. Hey guys, uh, Andrew here. TJ just left. He doesn't know about this, but uh, I just gave him the beatdown of a lifetime. Man, it was awesome. It was like a Heinzfeld miracle. Um, it was low-key kind of embarrassing for him, um, but he doesn't know about this. So this is just between you and I, a uh, little secret. So yeah, just want to say it was a beatdown. Oh, thank you. All right, guys. Welcome back from the break. We have a lot more animal tax to go through, but I think really quickly, TJ, did you have a um, ad reading that you wanted to do? Maybe, um, maybe something... One of our sponsors you wanted to give a shout out to? Yes. So our sponsor for today is um, Pastoroni, the San Francisco treat. And Pastoroni, um, they're also twin brother, Riceroni. Um, amazing. Amazing. If you're feeling like you want to have something quick for dinner and you don't have a ton of time, but you still want something delicious and heck, even almost restaurant quality, I would say. Grab yourself a box of pastaroni or riceroni, and they have many flavors. One of my favorites is Parmesan cheese. You cook that up with a breaded chicken breast, and you are set to go. So pastaroni, the San Francisco treat. Thank you for sponsoring us. I also think uh, – I've also heard pastaroni is one of the most outspoken rice companies against anti-animal attack awareness. They are. They are. So that's why we wanted to mention them today. And speaking of animal attacks, before we get into the aquatic ones, I had a quick – one that I wanted to mention. So we didn't talk about wolf attacks. Ooh, um, and apparently I looked at the statistic um, in France alone. Uh, there are, there have been 7,600 fatal attacks from 1200 to 1920. And there's a particularly interesting case. Um, it involves an, a wolf called, they called him the beast of Gevudan. Jeez. Um, and it was this, it was this wolf that terrorized the kingdom of France. Um, and there was actually a study that said if there were 500 people killed before hunters got to it. The king of France officially hired hunters to go after this, and it would rip people's throats out. Oh, my God. Well, yeah, wolves, they do go for the throat. Yeah, no. So I, I just thought I wanted to mention that because I was reading that during the break, and I was like, oh, my goodness, that yeah, is scary. And, that's and, definitely and worth mentioning. That's probably – You have a name like The Beast. Yeah, the beast of <laughs> – and and that's probably um, – I think when you think of wolf attacks, those are like some of the most significant – like I think we so psychologically associate with wolves. And mm -hmm. this this uh, beast was attacking from 1764 to 1767. Definitely the earliest one on our list for today. Yeah, I think so. Uh, so – but with that, we enter the murky, scary <laughs> world of the unknown ocean. Um yeah, terrors of the deep, so to speak, <laughs> denizens of of the depths. <laughs> oh man, you're good with those alliterations there. Thank you. Um, There's something freaky about the ocean to begin with, like the unknown. Yes, like we're so I, out of our element, like you mentioned earlier. Yeah, on one hand, I love the ocean; it's beautiful. I love being able to explore <clears throat> it, and like I love swimming, being underwater, mm -hmm. boat, all that stuff. But it gets to a certain point, like if you're out there and you don't know how deep the water is. You look mm -hmm. down, maybe it's clear, but you still can't see the bottom because it's the just unknown. so deep and it just gets yeah. black. And I think, I think when you can, and like, I think when you get to the point in a lake where you can't touch anymore, the yeah. fear even starts if, running. Even if it's just like a foot below you, you're like, oh man, I gotta. And then, especially out in the middle of the lake, if you fall off the tube or jump in the water, like you better be able to swim because mm. 
it might be a while before you get picked up. Yeah, I am. Um, when I went to Alum Creek this late summer, and we were just swimming around, and one of the guys said, "Hey, watch out for the Alum Creek octopus." <laughs> Got released here like ten years ago. It's been attacking people ever since. And I was like, "Yeah, whatever." But mm-hmm. then, as I was swimming out, and like my toes stopped touching, and you're just floating in, in the unknown, I was like, "Well, wh- well, like what if?" <laughs> what yeah. if there's an alum creek shark or an alum creek <laughs> octopus or like a bull shark or something you know like you were saying they found bull sharks too so. yeah and then it's usually it's just, just it's just a fear there's a fear of the unknown there's a scariness of the ocean how its magnitude yeah its depths that we don't even understand we know the surface of the moon more than the depths of the ocean so i think we're gonna watch how our fears have come alive in some of these <laughs> yeah so this one is before we dive all the way out to the ocean we're gonna take a little pit stop at SeaWorld, <laughs> SeaWorld Orlando. <laughs> so we're almost to the ocean, and then we just take a stop at SeaWorld because all the animals are concentrated there. Well, this is back in 2010. SeaWorld's kind of low-key canceled. <laughs> yeah. Of, we, Netflix came out with Blackfish. Yeah. We definitely we do not support SeaWorld here because this is the kind of thing that can happen. So back in 2010, some of you probably heard about this, but SeaWorld killer whale there that was trained – like they would train it to do tricks and do shows and stuff, dragged its trainer to her death at the bottom of the pool. And oh, he grabbed – so I don't know if you've heard about this one. Yeah, was it Tillicum? Yes, yeah, okay. Tillicum. He grabbed his trainer's ponytail because it was like right after the show and her ponytail must have been waving behind her. He grabbed the ponytail, dragged her to the bottom of the pool and was like thumping her like against the bottom and like – basically and drowned her down there like keeping oh. her down which killer whales even in the wild her name are, was don right um yes da, 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 da. yes don don brancho but yeah so even in the wild like killer whales are known for playing with their prey like they'll like if it's a penguin or whatever is usually what they eat they'll play with their prey before they actually like eat it so that's probably what he was doing like he dragged her down and was just like keeping her underwater and then she drowns um and they don't they have they don't kill the whale um they keep it there at sea world and it actually um only died um in 2017 i believe yeah it's pretty recently yeah but that's just crazy that it's this animal like that just speaks to the fact that it's this animal that you've trained for however long, uh, like it does shows and everything. Like it can seem docile. Like you can be like friends with it. Almost you feel, uh-huh, but you, you no let matter, your guard down. let your guard, but no matter what, it's still a wild animal. And it's an apex predator. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the case with a lot of domestic animal attacks is they get a chimpanzee or a lion and their guard goes down and that's the day they get killed. Yep. And yeah, there's something about, the porpoise family that's just sadistic like 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 orcas playing with their food and, and mm-hmm. all the and and that wasn't even the first person tillicum had killed i think there was someone there was a homeless man who broke into his tank and was found dead in his uh in his enclosure i don't know we i had talked about it in blackfish um yeah but so orcas do play with their food um dolphins are known to just ram into baby porpoises until they die just and there's no reason for that <laughs> like it could be out of hatred or something yeah, like dolphins also, uh, it's it's really tragic, but they can circle around uh, people and, and sometimes attack people. Um, they've helped people before, but there's just something statistic about the dolphin orca family. 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because like you said, Tillicum, um, in 1991, uh, trainer, his former trainer, um, Kelty Lieburn, she founded his tank, and um, the whales prevented her from climbing out of the tank. So it was like they ruled it the death an accident. Accident, but basically they were like playing with her in the water, so she couldn't get out. Eventually oh, drowns. Yeah. Um, and then, like you said, 1999, Daniel Dukes, um, he was found draped across the whale's body in the morning. Oh, it was like and like almost like as an ornament or something. Yeah, like he he either jumped, fell, or was pulled into the cold water, um, and so then that hypothermia was his was his cause of death was ruled. But it it looked like Tillicum had bitten the man and like torn off his clothes. Yeah, it's um it's a freaky thing because they're so huge and basically you just look like a toy to them. Yeah, totally. And yeah, and it's again that people get comfortable with these wild animals, um, and it leads to disastrous effects. Mm-hmm. So it's time to go to the full open ocean where oh, cars stopped. We're walking onto the beach. <laughs> I think I think we're ready for it. Um, and I'm going to talk about something that lives deep in, deep in the psyche and fears of everyone: uh, shark attacks. Um, I think these. I think you'd be lying if you ever went to the ocean and were not scared of at least at one point of a shark attack. Oh yeah. Sometimes um, you're even in the swimming pool and you're like, "Is there sharks here?" So I'm just going to run through a couple really quickly uh, that are very scary. Um, I think one of the most famous ones was the um, sinking of the USS Indianapolis. So it was a, it was in 1945. I think it was in the summer of 1945. Uh, a U.S. transport carrier, the USS Indianapolis, was sunk by a Japanese torpedo. Um, and it left 900 men thrown into the sea. Dang. Um, and they're out there for four days. And as the four days progressed um, – Sharks began to circle around the men and these floaties. So they're out there for four days being oh. circled by sharks. Um, and the sharks are just there waiting. They've the got, sharks, nothing, yeah, they've the got sharks, nothing else to do. The sharks are just there waiting. There's no rescue in sight. These men are st- stranded out there. Um, and I actually, I'm going to pull it up. I've got a quote here from one of the men. Uh, he's one of the survivors, Woody James. Um, there were only 316 survivors. 570 men died. Jeez. Uh, from the sharks. And he said, this is a quote from him. The sharks were around, hundreds of them. Everything would be quiet, and then you'd hear somebody scream, and you knew a shark had got him. So, Oh, that, that would be such an eerie if, feeling. Yeah, that doesn't Because you're just, the you're, there a, fire. you're there in a floaty, and just waiting, like, are you, who's going to be the next one? I hope uh-huh. it's not me. So, uh, there's another attack. Uh, it was in 1985. It's uh, with Shirley Ann Durden. Uh, she was diving for scallops in Australia's Peak Bay. And she was attacked by a great white shark. Oh. Um, they said the shark was 20 feet long. And this fish tore the 33-year-old woman in half with its first strike. Jeez. Um, and, and the worst part is her husband and four children watched from the shore. Hmm. And they said by the time their aid arrived, all that remained was her headless torso floating in the water. Um, oh and then he said within moments of that, the shark returned and devoured and ate that too. Wow. So Yeah. Speaking of shark attacks, I recently watched um, – it's, I think it was called The Shallows with Blake Lively. She's a surfer. She goes to um, like a remote beach or whatever, and she's out there surfing, and then there's a shark attack. And basically she gets stranded on this rock out there at low tide because she can't swim back because the shark will get her. Uh-huh. And in like a couple attempts of people coming out there 
to like rescue her, the shark attacks and kills him attacks and kills him then there's another guy who is he just he's drunk he wanders in the water and he sees something move and then the next thing you know he's crawling he's like trying to crawl back up on the beach and the camera moves and he was ripped in half like his, oh, his legs were laying down by the water and he was trying to crawl <clears throat> the beach but yeah sharks they they're nothing to mess with no one last story <clears throat> This is obvious, and this is the one that makes me the most uneasy. Uh, so it's a man named Robert Pamperin. In, in 1959, he was diving for sea snails off the coast of La Jolla Cove in California, which is actually where Dr. Seuss lives mm. or used to live. Um, and he was with his friend, Gerard Lehrer, and he heard him scream for help. Lehrer was on the beach. Lehrer saw his friend upright and unnaturally high in the water with his mask missing. Um, and as, as his friend clo- swam closer, he saw Pamperin slowly disappearing into the crimson waves. And oh he said God. he dove beneath the surface with his goggles on. And he saw his friend being dragged to the seabed in the jaws of a 22-foot shark. That would be so... So he he went underwater and saw his friend being dragged under. Oh, my goodness. And watching the jaws close around his torso and kill him. Yeah. And he never saw him again. They never found his body. And, like, you can't try to go down there and save him because the, the only thing you can do is get out of there. No, no. Like, oh, man, that's just so scary. And and actually, so the reason why we're so afraid of sharks, there annually there's only around six shark deaths a year. There's a lot mm-hmm. of other animals that kill way more people. Oh, yeah. Um, but the psychological fear, at least in America, there was a in I think it was the summer of 1916 in New Jersey, there were four shark deaths over the course of a few weeks. Mm. Um, and, and two of there was one boy. There was one young man who was pulled into a river in New Jersey. A shark had swum up river and killed, and then a man swam after him. The shark killed that man too. Um, so it started this paranoia that because we scientifically we didn't understand a lot about sharks in early 20th century, um, mm-hmm. and it spawned this fear of the ocean and sharks that yeah. has actually led to overfishing and um, retaliate shark retaliate pe- humans killing sharks out of retaliation when in, in actuality they're not really. Yeah, that dangerous. They're very misunderstood. Yeah, they're very misunderstood. And creatures. they and they just like that's part of the thing, like not understanding the ocean or kind of the nature and world around us. Like everybody, it gets popularized on like Shark Week or through the movies like Jaws or The Meg. Everybody's like, oh my gosh, every uh-huh. time I go to the ocean, yeah. I better be afraid of a shark. I really hope they get rid of all the sharks. No, like you're more likely to be killed by a cow than a shark. Yeah, or a car or a vending machine. Jellyfish too. Yeah. Um, but there is there's one more aquatic attack I wanted to go over. Um, Let's hear it. So this one's also historical. All right. Roll roll the time back. Nineteen. We're nineteen. Uh, it was nineteen. Nineteen forties. Pacific Theater, World War Two. Mm-hmm. On this specific island, Ramree. Um, it's it's north of Australia. There was an American Japanese attack. Um, the Americans landed on the island and pushed the Japanese back into the mangrove swamps of this island. Um, and after the attack, a lot of Japanese soldiers were injured and had to march through this swamp filled with uh, poisonous snakes, deadly scorpions, and worst of all, full-grown saltwater crocodiles. Oh, those things are scary. They are. They are the largest. They're the largest reptiles on Earth. Um, most of them can reach twenty feet in length. Um, and if you see what they can do to wildebeest or in, in those African documentaries, they, they are apex predators and they're ancient yes. too. So um, these basically a, a thousand Japanese soldiers fled into the swamps, <laughs> filled, injured, filled with saltwater crocodiles. Um, so 
That and apparently slaughter. Yeah, apparently, and they had to march ten miles <clears throat> through the swamps back to their camp. Um, and apparently, what Cro- crocodiles just look like logs too, so you wouldn't even be able to tell if you're coming up on one. No, and and they would sneak up to in, while they were marching, they would sneak up to injured men and just pull them up, pull them away and kill them. Oh. Uh, and and camps at night, they would walk into the camps and drag injured men to their deaths. Um, and there's actually an account of this is a um. This is a soldier, a former soldier, Frank McLean. He said uh, that night of 19 February 1945 was the most horrible that any member of the motor crews had ever experienced. The scattered rifle shots in the pitch black swamp punctured by the screams of wounded men crushed in the jaws of huge reptiles and the blurred worrying sound of spinning crocodiles made a cacophony of hell that has rarely been duplicated on Earth. At dawn, the vultures arrived to clean up what the crocodiles had left. Of about 1,000 Japanese soldiers that entered the swamps, only about 20 were found alive. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So there, people disagree on the estimates. Um, some people say there are over 800 men killed. Some people say there's around 520, but either way, it's probably the worst, the largest scale crocodile attack in, in human history. Oh, definitely. And just like those things, like huge, like 22 feet long. I've seen a couple of videos like people, especially like in Australia, they'll be going fishing or whatever, and or a crocodile will like surface like next mm-hmm. to their boat, and you look down, and it's longer than the boat that you're it in, and like the boat, it could easily just like bump you and just like flip you over, eat yep. all of you. Yep. No, they they're not into something to mess with. Yeah. Another honorable mention: the Humboldt squid. Uh, these are known for attacking divers, and what they'll do is they'll pull them down. I think mm. it can be like, like it can be close to a hundred feet down. Um, oh, and then the and, pressure just went. yeah, and the pressure. And so these are very aggressive squids that that have been known to attack swimmers regularly. Um, there's unfortunately no, not unfortunately, but there are no recorded octopus deaths. But um, there are some stories. Um, there was this one story, uh, that, like apparently that this ferry in New Jersey was sunk by a giant octopus. But people think that's <laughs> a myth. Um, and off the coast of Angola, there was this large Pacific octopus that got on this boat and swamped it. Um, but yeah, just a, I felt like I wanted to mention squids too because they're freaking the Humboldt squid is, is dangerous and one of the fastest moving um, aquatic creatures. Wow. Yeah. And hey, even if you're not planning to go to the ocean, if this scared you a little bit, you might have to still watch out in your own backyard yeah. because of those <laughs> alligators in the sewers. Yeah. Hey, it's called, that's a good callback. They're everywhere. They're out to get you. <laughs> Look over your shoulder. Maybe that squirrel's looking at you funny. I don't know. And every time you go to the zoo and you look in the exhibit and you go like, hey, where's this thing? No matter what the answer is, it's always right behind you. Yeah, you turn around. <laughs> oh! Yeah. If you got anything away from this, just know nature's out to get you. Watch your back. Never let your guard down for a single second because it could be your last yeah, one. Stay inside forever. Stay inside. Don't go outside. Door dash your groceries. Don't even go to your car. It's too far away. <laughs> you don't know what could get you. An escape bear, a chimpanzee, maybe a Humboldt squid. I don't know. <laughs> out of, Humboldt Columbus squid out of the wild. sky. Yeah. <laughs> Humboldt squid out of the sky. Columbus is a dangerous place. You might as well be in the jungles of Bangladesh. Uh, <laughs> no, of course. Enjoy nature. Go outside. Check out your nature. local zoo. Yeah, check out your local zoo. Uh, there's, there's glass in between you, but it didn't stop. It wouldn't have stopped. <laughs> it barely stopped that Amir Tiger that TJ saw. <laughs> exactly. Silverback gorilla that my brother encountered. But yeah, nature is beautiful, but also dangerous and should be respected. Um, so 
Yeah, so that's that's a big walk. Conservation is key. Conservation is key. We got to save this planet. And 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 the problem is with with habitat destruction, we're coming more and more in contact with these wild animals. That's like in Uganda, Bangladesh, all these different places. So um, that's probably a good stopping point. I think. But I think right before we wanted to end, we wanted to do each a funny animal attack that we had found. Um, yes. So I'm excited for this, TJ. You can. Uh, yeah. So can this go one first. is the ending. Isn't that funny? Um, it regretfully ended in the death of this woman in Oklahoma. Okay, maybe um, I should have phrased that differently because that's. Not <laughs> but funny. it's more. It's more like unique. Yeah. So, um, this lady, she is standing outside of her house in Oklahoma, and what comes up to attack her is six wiener dogs. So like six wiener dogs come up. And just attack her. Wow. They were uh, they were all under forty pounds. So like you think of like little tiny dogs. Six of them come up, attack this lady, and um, when the dogs were like investigated or I th- they killed the dogs because they were obviously like deranged and they were all infested with like fleas and ticks oh. as well. And so um, she made it to the hospital alive, but due to the injuries that these dogs caused, she regretfully passed away. Oh, that's but it's six dachshunds yeah wiener dogs yeah so very weird that wiener dogs would come up and also why were there six of them loose in oklahoma (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah that is weird um maybe we should have asked wichita about that they're a lot closer than we are (laughs) yeah um but mine mine's mine's actually pretty funny and and it's and thankfully not fatal um but this was a few years ago in Queensland, Australia. Uh, 94-year-old Phyllis Johnson was hanging her laundry outside when a large male red kangaroo bounded over to her and drop kicked her. Ooh. Knocking her onto the ground. <laughs> just came out of nowhere and just like KO'd. Just said, yeah. just said have a bad day. <laughs> it's like kind of like a kangaroo jack. Um, yeah. But apparently a struggle ensued and she started whacking him over the head with a broomstick. <laughs> um, and... Uh, I think it was her grandson or her nephew or something uh, helped her back inside in the safety. That sounds like something like a cartoon. Drop kicked by a kangaroo. What did I do? Hit it on the head with a broomstick. <laughs> oh, and like the, the kangaroo has like a, a like a rising mound <laughs> over its head yeah. like that. Um, but yeah, and there's I, I listened to this like quote afterwards. She's like, I used to really love kangaroos. I'd give them bread. I never had a problem with them. <laughs> and this one was just out for blood or something or. She yeah. skipped a bread day. I don't know, <laughs> but it did not end very well. Um, so yeah, that's uh that's the last one. Just remember, guys, that nature is something to be respected. Um, we are we are pro conservation podcast. I'm an ecology major at Ohio State here, but um, this goes to show: don't mess with nature because she'll mess with you right back. So that's uh, I think that's about it for today. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, we got more content. We'll be hopefully releasing every Thursday. Um, but if not, if we're behind a few days or a week, don't, don't, don't fret. We're coming out with a new episode. Um, so yeah, we're excited for season two and, uh, we will catch you guys next week. See you later.